Our reality is but a dimension, the uppermost layer in a tower of mirrors. Beneath it are the many reflections cast by our reality, similar but not entirely the same. A staggering number of worlds, lands beneath a dark sun, a world of three moons forsaken by the gods, realms long forgotten, and countless thousands more. You are about to enter one such reflection, a world still recovering from a magical apocalypse, a place where magic is regulated, goblins trade their wares throughout the lands, and the north is dominated by giants. Today, the sun rises over Hymirin and the Wilderin. This is An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. And now, Chapter 6 of An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. On the outskirts of town, you now have your ponies and your horses. You are ready to depart the Valanasi town. Somebody give me a boost. Is there anything you want to do prior to leaving? Perhaps a little provisioning? I think we do need a little bit of provisioning. Now that I'm up here, I'll just stay here and watch the horses. I assume we're by stables or something like that, so... No, you are on the outskirts outskirts of town. town. Okay. I mean, do we need to provision? We can manage we can make without or is there something someone needs. Earring is an accomplished hunter. This is true. When he actually hits something with his bow. <laughs> <laughs> we should buy arrows. You should buy arrows. Yeah, I don't need arrows. I have some darts you can have. I need Fine, arrows. Let's, let's, let's get some more arrows real quick. Ask the person who has the steeds if there's anywhere close by where we can get maybe a few provisions, predominantly maybe some more arrows for hunting. On the first tier of town. Perfect. And it'll give us a chance to get used to the steeds. So ride them back into town. Wouldn't want to inconvenience this poor individual standing here for hours just holding our horses. So we'll ride them back into town and it'll give us a chance to acclimate to the horses and vice versa. So a short ride back into town. First tier is only a few steps up. It's easy to find the Boyer and Fletcher because there is a sign outside with a bow and an arrow on it. Convenient sign. I would like to buy some longbow arrows and maybe some hunting arrows. And maybe another string or two? Yes, more strings. So he'll gather a few options for you and hand them to you to take a look at. He'll put some bow strings down for you. And once you're satisfied with the type of arrows you want, he'll give you 20 of each. That'll be five silver pieces, sir. Hand him five silver. Thank you. Matthew's actually going to buy a short bow and also 20 arrows because I don't have any range anything. That'll be one gold. You are. Thank you very much. I hand you the bow. It's fine craftsmanship. There's no denying that. It's a far better bow than you could possibly find anywhere, particularly in the middle of the forest. Is there an apothecary or anything around here? I need to find a, a healer's kit. Yes. Two catwalks down. Take a right. Then an immediate left. Come on, Dash. We're going to take a walk. First door on your right. Give me a lift down, then. Grab his head and help him slide down. You didn't ride the horse up onto the... I'm staying on the horse till somebody gives me a hand. Man, this is it's it's a so long you, drop. You will have to shout down to Dash. Right, you're who's jumping off on buildings the house. to glide, and you're worried about going down three feet so, off a, a hey, pony. <laughs> the buildings don't move in the middle of the jump. So I will guide him off the horse. So you walk down yep. the stairs, help him down from the horse. Yes, and back up the stairs you go. They're still inspecting bows and the whatnot there. So you follow the directions. The apothecary is. The buildings are all very similar in construction, which makes it difficult to navigate, but you eventually find the apothecary. 
there's a tile outside that identifies it, or you assume that's what it is. It's got a potion bottle with wisps of smoke coming from it and something written in Valanasi. Walk in and wait to be greeted. A tall, middle-aged Valanasi woman standing behind the counter. She walks out and greets you, opens her arms wide. What is it you seek? Healer's kits. Healer's kits. Well, I have a wide selection of healer's kits. Let's see what you have. She'll take a few out, open them up. I'll look through them to see what's the difference between them. Price, for one. The contents. There's the top end healer's kit has a wider selection of local herbs and some tinctures as well as bandages and the quantity is more. How much is this one? This you may have for 25 silver pieces. How many would you like? I have more than just one. Are you going on a long journey? I'm going on a journey. Is it a dangerous journey? Any journey's dangerous. How dangerous is your journey? I'll take two. Take two. And where is it you're going? I'm not sure. I'm following my friends. East, I guess. East. East. So you're going east. Will you be passing through the swamp, or will you be passing through the forest proper? Dash? Both, I think. I know we're stopping by the pond. The pond. Ah, the pond. But you will be passing through the forest as well as the swamp. I believe so. I'm not too familiar with these lands. Well, you, you must make a decision, because that depends on what I can provide you. If you're passing through the swamp, Relief from a snake bite or some of the other stinging insects or the giant leeches may be necessary. But if you're traveling through the forest, then a standard healing kit would be just what you need. Uh, how about two of each? They can always sit on the horses. I'm going to whisper, do you have the money to pay for all this? I don't buy stuff. Yes, I got the money. I'll make sure you get the bill. Is there any foraging that you may need us to do in the swamp while we're going through? Sooner or later, we'll come back this way. Well, any foraging that I would need would be sooner rather than later. But that is something that myself and my children can do quite effectively. We'll take two of each. Two of each. So I will provide you with four of the large standard healing kits. And I will also provide you with some relief from the stinging insects as well as some antivenin. That'll be nice. Thank you. That'll be one gold piece. 25 silver. Start searching around his body. I forgot where I put the damn... Oh, there we go. Hands over a gold piece. Blows on it. Gets the dust off of it. 25 silver. 25 silver. Oh. Hands over another gold piece. This one's a little more stinky. Thank you. Shall I bring back change? Uh, oh, keep the change. I'm just staring at Dash. How very generous. It's uh, not like... I, I will can provide really you with a much. large bag in which to carry this at no extra cost, of course. The swamp is full of so many dangers and there is also sickness that has taken many of the towns perhaps i can interest you in some serums in the event one of your group goes ill dash starts looking through the rest of his pouches what kind of serums are we talking about i am one of the few apothecaries in the area good sir that is able to produce a one size fits all serum if you will (laughs) This will prevent the cough. It will fade the spotting. And this has also been known to elevate libido. Regrow hair? Yes. (laughs) And it is good when placed on blisters or when you get the scaling from keeping your boots on in wet climates. So how much is a bottle of uh, Mama Valanasi's magic elixir? Well, this, I will warn you in advance, is not cheap, but it is guaranteed to work on anything. 99 ailments. 
to varying degrees. It is an excellent dessert topping. <laughs> and it's quite a large bottle, so you'll get plenty of uses. And again, I look over at Dash. Expensive does not tell me how much it is. Well, it is two gold piece, 50 silver, but well worth it. And that is the friends and family discount. Well, for an F and F, I guess we can't turn it down. I am able to, though I probably shouldn't, but I am able to provide you with this at that low cost because, well, I rather like the two of you. Okay. Normally, I would charge far more, but there's something about you, a fairy and a grunt. It'll take me a little bit. I start searching through things, and I just start tossing, you know. Every time I find a gold piece, I'll toss it up on the table. I thank you. So I'll find three of them. Oh, three. How generous of you, good sir. How generous. You wouldn't happen to be able to throw in, like, a couple of oils or something like that. Just, you know. What sort of oils are you interested flammable. in? Flammable. Flammable oils. Why, yes, I have flammable oils. How much flammable oil would you like? Far uh, better than... Half a gold torches. worth. Half a gold worth of oil. Well, I'm afraid that... That won't get you much oil, but a full gold will get you a nice-sized vial of oil in a beautifully blown bottle. Take off my shoe, take off my sock, shake the shock. Here you go. One more gold. Perhaps I can interest you (laughs) in a pouch to carry your money in, sir. So you wouldn't have to rummage rummage about and put it in your boot. That must be uncomfortable when traveling on foot. Well, I never lose them. I just have to find them again. Yes, but if you keep them all in one place, then it will be far easier to find. And since you've been kind enough to purchase so many of my wares, I can't thank you enough. You will be able to put much of what you have purchased today in that pouch, and I think I have one perfect size for your belt. Ooh, okay, and I will undo the belt that's made out of, like, rabbit guts and cat gut and everything woven together. Why, that's interesting craftsmanship, good sir. This lovely piece has been handmade, of course, by one of the finest leather workers in all of the Wilderin. I can't provide you with a name, but I can assure you he is incredibly skilled. And this would look amazing on your belt. A young man like yourself, of course, needs to put his best foot forward. Presentation is everything. Not only is it attractive, pleasing to the eye. Don't think it's too gaudy. I do not. I think it makes you look amazing, heroic. It's kind of offset the rabbit for a little bit. Yes, but that is the look of a well-seasoned traveler, is it not? And I adjust my squirrel hat. Thank you very much, but how is all this going to fit in there? Well, it won't. That'll be 25 silver. Take it out of the change. Dash, you told her to keep the change. Yeah, the first time. Pay the lady. Start going through. Every time I find a gold this time, I'm tossing it in the pouch. And I'm going to keep going until I find some silvers, and then I'm going to pay her 25 silvers exactly. Thank you very much, sir. You're such fine customers. They have a very fine store here. I thank you. I have worked so hard. Being a single mother of four is difficult. Many years ago, a bear took my beloved husband, but... I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was very hard for us. His income lost, having to find food. But we're doing the best we can. Is there anything else I can interest you in? Dash, anything that else you need? Supporting local businesses is, of course, such a wonderful thing for you. Ah, I didn't know this was local business day. Do you require any other provisions from here? Why, yes, he does. If you're going to the swamp, gentlemen, well, perhaps it won't affect you poorly, Sir Grung. But the swamp can be quite damp. It can rain. Be humid. A well-oiled cloak. Oh, no, that's way too ostentatious for me. Oh, it is but a simple traveling cloak that every... How many 
Are there of you, just the two of you, or are you traveling with others today? We are traveling with others. Ah, do they have proper gear to travel the swamp? That's up to their wallets. Well, we can always have them visit. That would be wonderful of you. Thank you so much. Not a problem. We don't get many travelers that come through here. It is nice to meet new people, and you both seem quite charming. One of the remarkable things about friendship is the consideration one gives to his friends. I'm sure you're all quite busy. Why else would you be taking on such a heroic journey? Why, I've never met heroes before. We're not heroes. Oh, stop. I can see the heroism written all over your faces. Heroes of Birch Grove. (gasps) The heroes of Birch Grove. Why, I am in such remarkable company. I hang my head. (laughs) My goodness, I I don't know what to say. I'm flustered. I'm quite taken by this. I've never had such remarkable heroic individuals. I've heard the songs from the bards. You you must be... Let me think. You must... You are... Moqui? Moqui, yes. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Oh, and you, sir, who are you? She looks directly at Dash. I'm thinking about leaving is what I am. Oh, but you must tell me your name so I could brag to all of my friends. The book club. Ah, I am Dash. The Giving. Two of my favorite characters from the songs. Oh, I am, I'm among celebrities. Oh, would you like an autograph? Well, an autograph? Why? Hanging on the wall next to that, like, first silver piece. Of course, let me find a piece of parchment here. And a quill here. Thank you. Dash! So, as I was saying, please, Sir Mokui, may I have your autograph? (laughs) Have I asked too much of you? I'm so sorry, but... I get giddy when I... I just, I don't want to, you know, me touching things is not good. Ah, yes, yes. Maybe you should find a pair of uh, poison-proof gloves. Well, it just so happens. (laughs) (laughs) There is something remarkable about the embrace that one can share with their friends and loved ones. It must be so terribly hard for you. But I have these eel skin gloves, and you will be able to greet your friends properly with a handshake and embrace... Very inexpensive. How inexpensive? Handcrafted by one of the finest glove makers in all of the Wilderin. A mere 25... A mere... Wait, for the heroes of Birch Grove, 15 silver. I'm really undercutting myself today, but your celebrity status has me quite smitten. Dash? What, you don't have any money? I I don't know where my, my coins are at the moment. Oh, well then maybe you should start looking and get a pouch too. A small child comes out from the back. Mommy, I'm hungry. Oh, dear. <laughs> Go back there. Mommy will find you something. I'm sure we have a bit of crusty bread. Pat the little one on the head. Don't worry, little one. Mama just got a whole big bunch of money. Now you can have a feast tonight. I will go summon the rest of my party so we can, so they can view all your wares. Wonderful. Thank you. And I will head on out. Oh, wait. Wait. Before you go, you forgot your gloves. I don't have the money at the moment. Oh, a hero of your stature? I know. Hasn't, hasn't got the money? No. Tragedy. She looks at Dash. (laughs) I look at Dash, too. (laughs) Dash starts to turn a little purple around the (laughs) bottoms of his earlobes, opens the new pouch, and goes, throws another gold out at her. Ah, how generous. I'm out of silver. I don't mind. She takes the gold, (laughs) hands the gloves to Mokui. Take the gloves. Safe journeys to you. Thank you. Gotta get back, Dash. We got a lot of things to bring back. Do we have provisions for steeds? Yes. How many days worth? 
from your estimation, it's probably about four or five days. Okay. If they don't graze. Someplace I can buy rations. Also a tent, preferably a tent large enough to fit the party. So just for clarity's sake, I, there was four standard healer kits and then two for the swamp? There were four. They're not standard healing kits. Okay. There's Each healing kit has enough for two standard healing kits. So you have four of those. So okay. it'd be like eight. And then you have that large bottle of cure-all. Some anti-itch, some anti-venom. Anti-money. How often do you think we use money in Birch Grove? Shoddily made eel gloves. Wait, yep. they allow you in Birch Grove? That's why he can't use any of his money. <laughs> Luckily for them, I don't want to go there that often. I'm quite happy in my tree with my garden, looking for more, like, burrows. Mushroom eaters just start smelling after a while. The local shops are all on the bottom tier. Several of them that'll be able to provide you with, with tents and any other traveling accoutrements you may need. Their rations are fairly simple, dried nuts and fruit and some dried meat. What's the biggest size tent they have? They have a two-man tent, and that is large enough to accommodate two full-grown adult Valanasi who are larger than humans, so you could easily put yourself and Madri in it, and the other one could comfortably fit Dash, Mokui, and perhaps Longway. Yeah, don't count me into making up square footage, because I don't cover that many. I'll buy two two-man tents, and also looking for... Boots. I'm not sure if Mokui, Madri, and Longway care about boots, but myself, Dash, and I don't know if the child will tolerate boots. It's been unshod since it came out of the acorn. But boots that are specifically for walking through a swamp. The general store has several pairs of boots made by a local cobbler. He'll show you the boots. These are knee-high boots, quite good for the swamp. However, the swamp is quite deep in some areas. I'll poke my head out the door and... Hmm? You hear uh, Earring scream your name. Uh, people are starting to look out of their businesses. People are stopping as they're walking, walking the catwalks. Looking around, and I'll see his face sticking out the door, and I'll, like, trot over. He Bye. and Mokui are toting a massive sack over their <laughs> shoulder. Please tell me you didn't buy the snake oil. I didn't buy any snake oil, and, Mama I, look, and I look at Dash. Mama Valanesi's magic elixir, guaranteed mm. to cure everything. Snake oil. Hey, as long as there's enough alcohol in it, I don't care. There's not alcohol in it. Well, then it's not a cure-all. So he's got his boots lined up there. They're well-oiled, waterproofed. Check out what size you need for these. Uh, this will be good for walking through the swamp. Let's see. What do you have for, like, oh, I guess a eight-year-old Valenessi? Those ought to fit. These. He puts a pair of small boots on there. They have a bunny rabbit on the front. Ooh, perfect. <laughs> I'll pull those on. Hopefully they fit. They fit pretty well. Okay, I'll just stuff with a little sock on the toe. That ought to work fine. And then I'll find a, a pair of boots for myself, and I'll pay for it. And so the tent, the two tents, the boots, any cloaks? Why, yes, I do. Brings out some cloaks. Do you have a color preference? I'm more concerned about rain. Ah, these are remarkable cloaks. The rain will bead up and roll off them. You will essentially be a duck. You should get yourself a shell. I'll take a cloak for myself. Dash, do you want a cloak? Nah, why start now? Can you find out if anybody else needs a cloak? I doubt if he has anything shell-sized. I don't think Madri's going to want a cloak. Everybody he... else seems to be happy in water. Can you check with Mokui and... Uh, oh, Mokui is Longway? there. Yeah, I walked up with him. Do you want a cloak? No, thank you. Can one of you check with Longway to see if he wants a cloak? Sure. I, I will go check with him, and I'll get all this hitched up to the horse. I'm going to offer a cloak to the child, see if they have any interest in it. It holds the cloak and looks at you. I take a cloak my size, I put it on, I put a, the hood up, and I show it. It'll put the cloak on and put the hood up. 
So I'll cloak for the child, cloak for me, and waiting to hear if Longway wants a cloak. I'm gonna go meet up with Longway and ask him, do you need a, a cloak? Earring is looking into cloaks. Why? I don't know, I didn't ask. He just asked me to ask you, so I'm asking. No, I don't need a cloak. Okay. Could we get a move on? We've been here for some time now. We should be traveling. All we need is a healer's kit. Why is this taking so long? I'll be right back. Thank you. Can you believe how long they're taking to get a healer's kit? So I'll make my way back to where Earring's at. And (sighs) Longway needs no cloak, he says. Okay, so I'll pay for the cloaks for myself, the child, the boots for myself and Dash, and the two two two-person tents. That'll be 60 silver, please, good sir. Hand over six gold. My, you seem to have overpaid. Isn't it 10 silver per gold? Yeah. I'll give you an extra five silver as a tip. Thank you. Welcome. And rations, dry rations. He'll hand you over packets of food. There's food in here for you to take with you. And then another man comes in. He's an older Balanasi. He's one of those men who has a perpetual look of disgust on his face. So Bill. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at the man at the counter and gestures to the back with his head. And the man slinks off with his head down. Forgive my younger brother. He was kicked in the head by a mule years ago. Hasn't recuperated since. It's quite dumb. These rations will, will hold you for a great deal of time. There's dried meat. There's nuts. Dried fruit in there. And we have some thin, crusty bread. Excellent. It won't go moldy. And some cheese. The cheese has a nice layer of mold on it. Just scrape it off and it will last quite a long time. A small amount of honey is there as well to make it more palatable change the flavor a bit. These I could give to you for two silver pieces. How many do you need? I will take four gold worth. Ah, very good. Goes back, fills a bag, brings it out to you. Hand him five gold. Thank you. And I make my way back to the group. As you exit the building, you can hear the, the man with a perpetual look of disgust on his face, yelling at the other man in the back. You rejoin the rest of the group. We interrupt this podcast of an acorn journey to talk about our sponsor. Are you a veteran DM with more campaign ideas than prep time? Yeah, of course you are. Aren't we all? Does your party have a habit of going to the person or place that you would least expect? If they're like my group, they sure do. What if I were to tell you that I could put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk to cut down on your campaign prep? What if I were to tell you that you could bring them along with you at your game sessions for when those pesky players go off the rails? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe... We could do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there. And there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy-and-pastable, beautifully-written narratives right at your fingertips. I've been running games for the better part of 40 years, and I must admit, I've gotten a bit lazy. I just don't have the time I used to. And I've been using terrain, which is minimizing my need for descriptive narratives. Stuff is right out there in front of you. Why describe it? When I was prepping for an Acorns journey, a DMD story, I used Describe quite a bit. When you listen, you can hear it. One of the things I like the most about Describe is that if the narrative doesn't fit perfectly with your encounter, it's easy to modify while still sounding really good. I did that an awful lot. I think this makes the more than 6,000 narratives that they have available for you even more valuable. It almost doubles what you have at your fingertips. You should give it a shot. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to describe.com backslash DMD. That's D S 
crybcom backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to an acorn's journey, a DMD story. By this time, I have found somewhere to lean against, pulled my, my hat down over my eyes, and I'm taking a nap because it's taking them so damn long to get a healer's kit and apparently a cloak. Madri's deep in a kata. <laughs> There's a crowd of people watching. Madri doesn't even notice. You all return. I load one of the tents onto my horse. I load the other tent onto Madri's horse. Separate out rations for everyone. And I take the two cloaks on my horse. Dash has his boots. I have my boots. As you mount your horses, begin to leave town. You take one last look behind you. On the upper tier, you see Sabine, who holds up one hand and makes the Balinasi gesture for a safe journey's blessing. I'll do the best I can to repeat it with my claws. And she turns and disappears down one of the catwalks. You got quite a late start, even though you got an early start, but you actually left much later than it anticipated. It is late morning, early afternoon when you finally leave town and begin your eastward journey. Someone mentioned they were going to a pond. Is that your destination? Well, supposedly we were passing by the pond on our way if we head east. I want to see how the child reacts to a body of water. Late afternoon, the forest opens up. You begin to see reeds. You begin to smell water. Soon you're upon the pond. It is a pond of massive proportions. It is more like a small lake than a pond, but the wilderness is known for being large in every way, shape, and form. Large trees, large brooks, large ponds, large animals. Where's the child on your horse? In front of you or behind you? I probably have the child in front of me while we're in a safe space. When we're somewhere dangerous, I'll have them behind me. As you approach the pond and start traveling across its its shores, the child's head turns and really holds its focus on the pond. I'll dismount and help the child off the horse. The child walks towards the water that casts off its cloak and begins to walk into the water, up to about its knees. I'll grab the cloak, pick it up out of the water, and put it over the horse. And it just stands there, looking out over the pond. Do we have time for a bath? I want to see how it reacts to the water. Please don't drown it. I don't plan on it. Acorn, be careful. I'm going to stand next to the child. I'm going to cup my hands together and drink the water. It watches you drink the water for a while and then starts looking at out across the pond at the trees, the water, the reeds. I point in the direction it's looking. Oma? It points to the east and all of you except for Dash here in your heads. Oma. Which is in opposite direction which it's looking. Yeah. All right, come on, we have to go. It looks at you for a moment and then continues to remain stationary in the pond. How big is the child at this point? child is just over three feet tall by your estimate. I'm going to scoop up the child. How does it react when I scoop it up out of the water? It starts wriggling about like it's, it's not ready to leave, trying to get out of your arms. Can we have a few minutes? Sure. I'll let the child down. We'll get there eventually. child stands in the water again for about half an hour, 45 minutes, almost perfectly motionless. And then without a warning, it turns around and begins to walk back towards the horse, stands by the horse, looks at everybody, including Dash, and you hear in your heads, except for Dash, Oma. Madri, I think you're right. This might be a living tree and drinking water might be good, but its feet are its roots. This is going to be interesting to 
see what happens with this child tree. I wonder if it's an ent. Eventually, we're going to have to plant it. I help the child back up on the horse, and then I get back up on... Uh, I have the child behind me. Nothing changed about the child that we noticed. No noticeable changes. Not more green? No. It has become steadily greener in appearance, whereas it was a pale green. There was just... You could pick out little pieces of green in its flesh. It was a greenish hue, like it was washed in a gentle green color. Now it has become more of a vibrant green. Not a, a deep, like, hunter green, but the green is far more noticeable than the pale was. Excellent. To grandmother's house we go? I mean, the old lady in the woods? Agia. Agia's house we go? I'm just sitting on my horse with my, you know, face palm, just shaking my head. How do Don't. you like my new boots? And I'm going to start moving forward. <laughs> soldier wants to soldier. By the end of the day, you find yourselves on the outskirts of the swamp. The trees begin to thin, it becomes darker, the water becomes more prevalent. The grass in the clearings changes to swamp grass and reeds. You begin sloshing through ankle-deep water, ankle-deep for the horses. Start looking for a high spot that we can make a camp. After a while of searching, you find something that is serviceable. Certainly not ideal, but is serviceable. Fair enough. And start clearing the area out, moving the, the dead brush, and doing the best we can to find whatever dry stuff we can get on the edge of a swamp. It'd be not too bad. I'm sure there's a dead tree or two we can probably fell if necessary. There are plenty of those. Do we want to do uh, two-man shifts for watch? I think we're still close enough for one-man watches would be well enough. As was before, I'll take second watch. I'll take first watch. I'll take third. Take first with you. So you set up camp, set up your tents, Cast good berries. <laughs> not, not that they need them. <laughs> I'm going to help myself to some of my rations. I'm actually going to eat one of those berries. Pa- I've been passing them off, and it's like, it's a berry. It's edible. I'm actually going to try to give one to the child, because I haven't. we've seen him try to eat something, and he came back up, but I want to see how this works. The berries are this, you've experienced good berries before. Everyone is a little bit different. These are rather large, veiny yellow berries. There is an almost grotesque explosion in your mouth when you bite down on them. Like there's very thin skin, quite off-putting initially. There is an acidic flavor to them and eventually a little sweetness creeps in. It is perhaps one of the more unpleasant meals that you've had. It's not so. It's, sa- ex- it's exactly what I expected. Yeah, it's not perfect. As, medieval gushers. <laughs> it's not satisfying like having mutton or venison. It certainly fills the void. It quenches your hunger and a little bit of your thirst. It moistened your mouth a bit, but it was almost like chewing on an aloe leaf. It wets the whistle. It gets spit out as soon as it pops. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Mokoi. I ate one of your berries. I hope you're happy. Yeah, I hope it tasted good. You find them quite satisfying. Yes, I do. <laughs> Anybody it, got a dirty sock? I need to get this taste out of my mouth. It tasted exactly like I expected it. I'm glad I was able to assist. Patrick, don't eat those. They're freaking horrible. It tastes quite good to but me. I, but I am going to try to give one to the child and see how he reacts to it. The child just rolls it around in its hand and then puts it down and looks at you and blinks and looks at earring and blinks. How does the child react to the swamp? It just sits there. There's the buzzing of insects, the sound of frogs, 
all the normal swamp sounds one would expect. The mosquitoes are somewhat oppressive, and child is soon covered in insects, just sitting on it, and it doesn't seem to doesn't seem to mind or pay it any notice. Mokui, are you going to get upset if we hunt some frogs? <laughs> Why? Because they taste better than your good berries. Don't you have rations? There are some big juicy frogs in yeah, the swamp. Yeah, but you know. Just asking if you're going to have an issue with it. If you are, I'll hold off and look let's, for let's, fish Let's instead. hold off a little bit. We're lucky maybe we can get some caviar frog. Of course, there's other wildlife. There's birds and the whatnot, but <laughs> frogs Fro- don't fly. The, yeah, the fro- <laughs> frogs might be easier to catch. You do know if you show up with a torch, it's easy to see the frogs and uh, a blow to the top of the head renders them unconscious and easy enough for you to take the legs off of. I wanted to know if Mokui was going to have a problem with it. Seems like he is, so no frogs. Not up for frog legs, Mokui? No, not into cannibalism. (laughs) Maybe if you turn into your direwolf form, then, you know, maybe you will like frogs. That's not even funny. Yet, it's true. I don't know what you're talking about now. Pick up the berry that the child put down, put it back in my pocket, and get ready to take my first watch. How wet is the ground where we are? It's not damp. It's high enough so that it's not soaked like a lot of the other areas that you've Mm -hmm. traveled through. You spent a long time trying to find the right spot, walking about, feeling the ground. It took a while, but you found something that you believe will keep you dry through the night. Then I'll get a fire started. I'll bed down, bring the child in the tent, and make sure it's comfortable. It sits in the corner, just blinking. Get the fire started, provides you with a little bit of light. Yeah, I'm not going to make it overly large. I want it more for the smoke so it can reduce the bugs for the fleshy beings that are with us. I don't think they're going to bother Madre or myself very much. No, it's a cheap protein source for for Madre. (laughs) Me too. They're big (laughs) enough. Oh, yeah, something comes crawling by. Yeah, that was okay. Pop it in my mouth. No, this is better than those damn berries. Mokwe, too. So the first watch is Madre and Mokwe, correct? Yep. So you sit about the fire, chat. For the duration of your watch, there's the eerie sensation that you're being watched, mostly because you can see glowing eyes in the swamp. There's things crunching about and sloshing about in the water. Some have come close to camp. You think it's probably the fire that keeps them away. Mokui. Yes? Where did you grow up? In the Wilderin. Yes, I know the Wilderin, but, like, it's a vast place. Did you grow up around a swamp like this, or where did you grow up? Well, not the, the swamp, but the... So I think when... I was found by sun. That was a more of a lake, correct? It was a lake. Yeah. Down by the lake. Oh, okay. It's a nice area. Yes, it is. Much different than this. Much different. This is very um, pungent. It's not that bad. It's not terrible, but it's... Something tells me there's some pretty stinky areas in this swamp. Uh, like any other swamp, yes. You will at times long for those days of leisure by the lake, backstroking, good fishing. Yep, those were the days. Quiet walks in the surrounding forest, administering healing and the whatnot to those travelers that come seeking you out. Those days seem to be gone, at least for now. When your watch ends, uneventfully, you rouse the second watch. I'll go rouse hearing. Stroll out to the fire. The child follows you, sits down next to you on a log, and just stares at the fire. As you're sitting by the fire with the child, you notice that it has a concerned look on its face as it's watching the fire, and it scoots along the log closer to you. I will get up, and I will walk the perimeter. The child will follow you. As you begin to walk the perimeter, keeping myself within 30 feet of the camp, you notice out in the swamp a light blink on. It grows stronger. It looks like a campfire. 
It looks like a quite a large campfire. And then eerie, low chanting echoes through the swamp. Black candles that you can see glowing in in firelight, radiating an energy. Dark figures begin to walk around in a set of ruins that you can see from the rise that you're on. There's approximately seven of them, and they appear to be gathering around a large dark form. I will go rouse Longway. Watch already? No, we have neighbors. Hmm, show me. I bring Longway over to where I was, where I spotted them. So as you look down from the rise, you can see a set of ruins now illuminated by this eerie firelight. Oddly enough, there's a series of black candles that are arranged around a dark figure. You're not too sure if it's a statue or something else. It's motionless at the moment. There's about seven cloaked figures in a slow walk around the statue. There's a series of large black candles illuminating an eerie glow around the body of the candle itself and then a purplish flame that's far taller than any candle flame you've seen, and they're chanting. It looks like a religious ceremony of some sort. But in the middle of a swamp in the middle of the night? There are druids that worship at all different times in all different areas. I've seen druids in the dry of desert. I've seen druids in the, the middle of the woods. The height of the moon and the height of the sun are things they worship. I mean, if you want to check it out we possibly could i wouldn't want to disturb them no i'd rather sit and watch i know if i was the type of person in holy revelry that i would not want to be disturbed in the middle of it by some stranger and at the moment they seem to have done no harm or foul to us should we ask mokwi he only just went to bed a short while ago he's going to need his well yeah i mean he is probably a little more learned of this than us and he can always just go back to bed so I will go and rouse Mokwi. Morning time already? No. We have neighbors, and they may be doing some type of religious rite that might be druidic in nature. So just come down, check it out. Maybe you can give us more information. I'll go down to where you guys are hearing from, and can I discern anything? They'll take you to that spot, which provides you with the best vantage point. And this is what you see. And here, eerie, low-chanting echoes through the ruins. Black candles arranged in a circle reflect off and through translucent white crystals which line the broken walls. Between each crystal stands a figure in black robes, their sleeves and hoods hiding their features. Only the bare feet of the chanters are visible. Inside the circle is a six-pointed star, and at the center is an altar of dark stone with a chalice and a sword laid on it. Atop the altar is also a statue of some demonic, almost draconic-looking being. At that moment, you feel an overwhelming wave of nausea. You begin to experience flashbacks to a merchant, his sadistic daughter that you were pet to, dark rituals that happened in the various towns that they visited, the sadistic daughter shaking the jar that your infant self was in, tapping on the glass, dropping rocks in the jar around you poking you with sharp sticks and the chanting and the candles and the crystals. And that's where we'll end it for this week. Join us next time as the adventure continues on An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. Thank you to our cast, Frank Whedon, Ben Petrie, Bill Robitaille, Louis Aponte, Sin Morse, and your DM, Scott. A special thanks to you, our listeners. You are why we do this every week.
We'll see you next time in the dojo. Hi, this is Lou. Mokui from An Acorn's Journey, a DMD story. Tell us what you think about the campaign over on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser and leave us a review as well. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and on the web at thedungeonmastersdojo.com. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, please consider using our drive through RPG affiliate store. If shopping isn't your thing, you can buy us a sake. Finally, consider showing your support by buying some Dungeon Masters Dojo logo wear. The links are in the description below. Thank you for listening.